All sports, all the time. There's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered. Legends never die. This is the Spoken Podcast. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I'm your host, Lance Woodwell. Man, that kid, he can ball, man. He can ball. Touchdown, Kansas City! Man with freaking Mahomes, baby! Uh, let's talk some sports, because that's what we're here to do. You are tuned in to The Spoken. Spoken. This is the Spoken Podcast. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here in the KC Beard Co. Studios with my guy, Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. And Trevor Twidwell. What's up, everybody? Got a very fun-filled night for you guys tonight as we are going to be talking pretty much all Chiefs. Um, obviously, Eddie is going to fill us in with what's going on in the outside world as far as sports is concerned, but there is a lot going on out here in Kansas City when it comes to the Chiefs, and we want to spend the night talking mostly about that. So much so that we are going to have two really good guests, two really good friends of ours. In fact, one's, one of them is a producer, and the other one has his own show. Uh, we have Shaggy Shane Williams and Clay Windler coming on tonight, guys. We're pretty stoked about having these fellas on. Uh, we've never had them both on at the same time. Uh, we both, we've had them both on at certain points early on in the show's production, but as time has gone on, uh, it, it's just really good to have them back. So we're going to have them on the next segment, uh, but we are here, like I said, in the Casey Beard Co. Studios. And Trevor and Eddie and I, I mean, we, we talk, we text throughout the week about what we're going to talk about. And, um, I feel like in Trevor, right before the show started, you said you, you felt like this week that it, it was kind of just an on the cuff yeah. type of week because yeah. there was so much that we feel like we've already addressed, but for some weird reason, it seems like every week there's another chapter to a few things. And we're going to get to that in a second, but let's start with, uh, some actual football news. Um, the chiefs, Got done with their draft. Um, there's a lot of people that have different opinions on how they think the Chiefs fared in the draft. Uh, we're going to get to our opinions in a second, but just to run down real quick as to who the Chiefs took in this draft and where they took them. Uh, Chiefs traded up to the 56th uh, pick overall in the second round to get wide receiver Nicole Hardman out of Georgia. Then in the same round at 63 overall, they took a defensive back and Juan Thornhill out of Virginia. Uh, in the third round at 82 overall, they took a defensive tackle, Kalen, uh, I think it's Colin actually, Saunders, in Western Illinois. Uh, in round six, all the way down around six to uh, 201st pick, they took the cornerback Rashad Fenton out of South Carolina. In the sixth round at 214th overall, they took a running back, Darwin Thompson out of Utah State. A steal right there. That could that could very well be a steal. And then at round seven, 216th overall, they took an offensive guard or a center, however you know, however the Chiefs want to utilize him, Nick Allegretti out of uh, Illinois. We, so, always, we always find good serviceable, serviceable linemen, though, in the, at the end. I think there's so much depth at the end of it because there's not a lot of linemen that are taken. So yeah. there was actually a good amount taken this year, but there's always depth at that position in the draft, man. I think they would call it, too. I think they would quantify this uh, this draft as more of a meat and potatoes type of draft. Yeah. Um, sure, there were quarterbacks taken early. Um, I still don't understand the Daniel Jones pick at number six, but we can talk about that in a second. <laughs> Heavy on the defensive lineman, man. That was yes. a lot of defensive linemen taken. And this was the kind of draft that I think the Chiefs were really looking forward to being a part of, even it's though they only, I think they only took one defensive tackle in the draft. Having said that, um, I think the Chiefs did answer some pretty glaring needs, uh, especially seeing we don't know exactly what the jury will be for Tyree Kill's future in Kansas City. Mm. But for me, I'm going to go out and just get out ahead of it and say I think my favorite pick of this draft was Juan Thornhill. Absolutely. I think this guy is going to be that dude that in, in five to ten years from now, they're going to look back and say, yeah, he was only – I mean, a second round, that's not bad. It's a modest – you know, you're still pretty early in the draft. But 
how the hell did this guy fall into the six? That's what I'm saying. I would have been fine with him us taking him for, in our first pick. Right. You know, even so, though it was only what I think five or seven seven picks. He after, might be the best yeah. in his position in this draft. Yeah, I think he's got a lot to. to you know, I think I think he's the guy that's going to go out there go out there and prove people wrong. I think he's going to have every opportunity to do that. So, no, I agree. I, I think Juan Thornhill is the type of guy that can come in and make an immediate difference because that's that's what the Chiefs need. They need guys that are going to make immediate differences. I think he's a day one starter for sure. Yes, especially on the defensive side, they're going to need to meet. They're going to need to have guys. And we just had our guy Clay when they're actually joined the join the studio. How you doing, brother? What's up? Uh, we're going to have you on in the next segment. But like I said, one Thornhill to me is the one that stands out. I think Nicole Hardman can come in and make immediate impact on the special team side. Uh, I do think he will get his fair share of targets as the season progresses and learns the. He's going to be a gadget guy to start. It's just, right. it's yeah. similar to the Tyreek experiment. Um, hopefully, it works out that way. But um, yeah, I don't. That one, I'm, that's the only one I'm really questionable. All the other picks, I was fine with, man. And see, here's the other thing we have to consider, guys. That you have to actually equate Frank Clark into this draft as well. Oh, yeah. He was our first-round pick, if you think about if it. If you think that's, about yeah. it, yeah. And, 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 you know, people go back and forth as to, you know, was he worth that pick or not? For me, it was a slam-dunk move for the Chiefs. It's not a question, man. 29th overall, you're not going to get that that equal value yeah, of a exactly. Frank Clark oh, yeah, yeah. at 25 years exactly. old at 29. So, I, I definitely think the Chiefs did very well in this draft, especially on the defensive side. I think that... If we're looking at this, this, and I, you guys know me, I'm the type that holds back all my predictions until the very last second when it comes to like week one coming up. Yeah, like that Friday or Saturday. Yes, that's be- when you- because preseason <laughs> guys get hurt, you know, trades happen, things of that nature always take place, and I don't want to jump the gun with my predictions. But if I'm looking at this defense right now, yeah, I don't know how you can look at it and think this is not going to be a dramatically better defense, oh, especially I'm- up front, man. Yes, we might, we <laughs> might. I mean, I know I'm talking about jumping the gun, but. We're looking to be a top five defensive front. Yeah. It's not, not even a question. That's, just just Chris Jones and Clark alone are are a, a wrecking crew to be, you know. So I'm excited, man. We just got Keenan Allen's. Right. What it says. Well, <laughs> we, he's not wrong. Now we can get to that, but he's. I don't think he's wrong with that because we definitely we do need to go get us a corner still, and we can talk about that. But there's some guys out there I think that are uh, on the block. So well, this is why I like the Juan Thornhill pick even more though, because sure. of the fact that you can actually utilize him at the cornerback position. He, yeah. I, I think he's going to play more safety. Obviously, I think that's where his strength is. Yeah, but he has played corner in the past. He's Tyron Matthew Light right now. Yes. He's, yeah, he's a similar player. And they they can they contribute to each other's styles. So I, I think Juan Thornhill is the guy that's going to come in here week one and become an immediate oh, yeah. impact. Yes. He can play right by next to, yeah. to Matthew. Man, it's gonna be yeah. yeah. Can, they can definitely be a duo. Yeah. Now, now I think Colin, these other guys are gonna. I think they're gonna play their part as time goes on. But I'm gonna keep my expectations very low because. Because of the simple fact that I don't think that Brett Veach has really won me over yet, as far as draft picks are concerned, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that obviously, and it's and in all fairness, he's only had two drafts, I mean, he's and he's yet to have a first round pick. Yeah, right, right. So, so I'm going to give him some time, but at the same time, I'm going to balance my emotions. I'm going to balance my expectations as to what I'm giving him as far as credit is concerned, because the jury, like I said, is still very much out on these picks. I do love what I said. What he got. What he got out of Frank Clark. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, extending him, only having to trade essentially D Ford in a first round for him, which I would do that move a thousand Absolutely. times over. So, you want the consistency, man. That's what we're getting. So, so like, like I said, this team for me is all in, and I yep. think that 2019 is the season where the Chiefs are saying, "Look, could we win more Super Bowls in the future? Absolutely, yes. because you have a 23 year old Patrick Mahomes that you're going to extend, that you're going to keep here for the remainder of his career if all things go perfectly. Yeah. So obviously you're going to have chances to win Super Bowls, but they know that 2019 is that year where you could potentially have the most talented team around Patrick Mahomes that he'll ever have in his career. And that's why they have to capitalize on it. I've been listening to local radio hosts all week long talking about how you know 2018 was the time to capitalize. And I don't disagree with that. 
It was. I it mean, was. Yeah. It was. You absolutely. And on, they though. should have gotten to the Super Bowl. They should have won the Super Bowl. Yeah. I think all of us would agree with that. And I want to get Shane and Clay's thoughts on that as well. But I feel like 2019 can actually be that year where we're saying, man, 2019 really was an opportunity. But this is actually a more talented, more prepared team. Because you also have to remember. Especially Mahomes, definitely yeah, mentally. We, exactly. Right. This, now he's going into year three. His second year is the full-time starter. So he's only going to get better. Well, now he's got a chip on his shoulder, though. Now he's got even more to prove because he failed where he didn't want to fail, you know, at the biggest moment of his career. Mahomes, the chip on his shoulder, I'm all in with that, man. I mean, give me that. And I like the thought of a confident Mahomes knowing that he right. doesn't have to try to go out there and play savior ball every week because he has a defense that actually can keep oh, him. And, and he, things he right. can possibly do now, like he can actually change the game. You know what I mean? Like, but I think he's proven, too, that ex- he can go out yes. there and, and execute in the biggest moments because exactly. he was not only in the biggest game of his career, but he was behind. And then and he went he out and dropped back, 31 yes. points and a half. So, yeah. So I, him with that, with the, I would say if, if we give him a top 15 defense, not even a top 10, I, I think Patrick Mahomes can well win it. Take us to the Super Bowl, no doubt. Yeah. Dropping 30, 35 points. Oh, for a top 10 defense, I mean, it's... Yeah. Yeah. Well, here, here's the... And, and this is the only... I don't want to be negative about the draft because I think that the Chiefs, from what I've seen so far, we're giving them praise because you have to add Frank Clark, Michael Hardman. I think he's got a lot of talent, and I love Juan Thornhill again. But the one thing that does concern me, and I think it's a legitimate concern, is the fact that the Chiefs have absolutely zero tight end depth. They have zero tight end depth. Yeah. Travis Kelsey is going to be 30 years old this year. Granted, he has not had he's not missed a game in his career since 2013. But the point remains. You lose Travis Kelsey, you have literally no tight ends. But think about it, man. I mean, have we really gotten worse at tight end since last year? I'm not saying I'm not saying they got but worse. Is it real? I mean, no, but I mean, did we have they, depth they last year? They definitely didn't get better. That's my Did point. we have depth last year, though? No, they Demetrius, didn't. Was Demetrius Harris depth? No, they no. didn't. But see, here's the thing. Now that we know So that, what really they, changed? Okay, here, here's why. Here's why it concerns me. Because we still don't know for certain what's going to happen with Tyreek Hill. Mm. And that puts even more onus on Travis Kelsey being valuable in this offense. I, I don't have a doubt in my mind that we bring in an undrafted free agent tight end. Because there, was, there was wasn't much. There wasn't many taken yeah. in the draft. And I know there's a lot of guys out there that are going to be willing, able you, bodies you that are coming easy, to training yeah, camp. And, you can yeah. easily bring a rookie in there. Well, that's a very highly optimistic take because we don't know what these undrafted guys will be. But, yeah, I mean, it, in this system, it's man. It's adding depth. Yeah. At this point, it's just adding depth and it's adding that person right behind Kelsey. I just, it, it's, it's not about putting putting him out there and starting every game. You, you're you just adding debt to the to the tight end position. You know how Belichick just brings guys in off the street and in, in his, into his defensive scheme, and all of a sudden they're flourishing and they're fitting right in, they're just doing their job? I see that the same way with Andy Reid and his offensive scheme. Because we seen Damian Williams, he was a third-string running back in Miami. You know, and then he comes in and he has three a three touchdown game. You know, and he has multiple touchdown games, and it's like you know just walking in and he's the guy. And now it's his job to lose. You know, so I feel like with Andy Reid, his system is similar to Belichick the way he can come in and just make things happen with yeah. willing bodies. I, I don't disagree. I, I guess I'm just saying like you know months ago when I was listening to Craig Stout and, and Ken Swanson talking about how, uh, you know th- they would like to see the the offense run more twelve personnel. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And for I, sure, and for me, it's like I, I don't I'm not I'm not a name chaser. Like obviously, I knew the Chiefs weren't going to be able to go get you know T.J. Hawkinson. That's not realistic. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I knew there was other like I think Noah Fant, like those other guys. They they, they weren't going to be able to get those guys. I've been hearing rumblings about Kyle Rudolph being on the block, and I would love that. But, I would absolutely yeah. love to ha- imagine that him next to t- doing running two tight end sets with Kyle Rudolph and Travis Kelsey. That would be amazing because Kyle Rudolph's more of that. Uh, he's a more of a massive guy, can the better blocker, I think, in my mind. But great hands too, though. I mean, the guy's definitely a weapon in the red zone. So. I, as long as we don't get see, another Harris. You never know. I think he'll be cheap too. So, Well, that's 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 the only thing I really wanted to take away from the draft on, I guess, if you want to call it a negative slant, is just because of the fact that I feel like the Chiefs had an opportunity to 
capitalize on getting themselves a good tight end in the draft. I'm not saying that that would be their first pick, but Travis Kelsey being at his age now and knowing that he's going to be the number one target this year again, yeah, I, I think that you just have to be able to kind of give him a little bit more of a cushion, more protection. If there was no Tyreek concern, I wouldn't probably even bring it up. I'd probably just be okay with it as is, but I, I feel like it is a legitimate concern. And I've heard a few other Chiefs fans mention it as well, yeah. uh, just about the fact that it's it's a very it is a very vital position in today's NFL. For sure, it's you know? growing towards that. But I, I'm honestly that's honestly one of the least of my worries, to be honest with you, just because we've lacked tight end depth for years. We haven't had depth for tight end for a long time, even when Alex Smith first got here. So I mean, I just don't. But that's my point: is that if we this flourished is, without them. If this is the first time that the Chiefs can really establish a notion that they're all in, that would be an all in type of move. Yeah, you and we I haven't, mean? you know, in, in the absence of Tyreek Hill, who knows what's going to happen? Obviously, with that situation, if he's not on the field at all this year, that's going to let defensives definitely key in on Travis Kelsey. So having a second guy that can go out there and make plays is a big deal too. So I, I hear, I hear both sides for sure. So. Yeah, and, and again, I think overall this was a this was a fun draft. Like I said, we were we were doing the show live or not live, but we were recording it. Yeah, and we're watching the draft Probably, live, yeah. and we hear they <laughs> trade it up, and you know we're thinking, oh, it's going to be DK Metcalf, or it's going to be mm. one of these big name receivers, you know, possibly. I personally wanted DK, but yeah, because at that time we were under the influence that Tyreek Hill was probably not going to be in Kansas City, which and that seems to be changed that, at yeah. this time. Chiefs, I think that's what the Chiefs uh, knew at that time. They didn't. I don't think they knew anything else other than. They might not have Tyreek. They're just covering their asses. So they wanted yeah. to cover themselves with yeah, yeah. somebody that can also spread the field like Tyreek does. So I, I think it was more of a, holy shit, what do we do? Well, like, and there was rumblings too. I think the Jets were thinking about yeah, trading up to getting him. Up, yes. So but, I think if they were, you know, they really liked his profile and what he was is maybe a, a Tyreek Hill replacement, possibly. Yeah, that, that, that's what the Chiefs were doing. But I, mean, I think he's going to be more of a special teams guy this year. I think he's going to be the guy that's going to be returning kicks. That's what I think he's going to be this year. I don't think he's – because I've watched this film. He's a decent route runner. Not really that great, though. He's yeah. got decent hands, but in traffic, he's not the, the greatest hands. But I mean, he, he, With the ball in his Tyreek. hands, though, he is a deadly that, player. I mean, that was I'll, I'll Tyreek when he came into right. the league. He that, wasn't the greatest route runner either. Yeah. He was all special teams. Same with Antonio Brown. Yeah. He's smaller, uh, so, compact wide receivers. And, and you can you, – if, if you, you, you land on uh, with the right coach and, and uh, staff and, and all that – I'm sure you can actually grow the potential. Only of thing I'll player. go off of is Dave Tobe said he's the closest thing to Devin Hester that he's ever seen. So if Dave and Dave Tobes, whose opinion I respect greatly and is a mastermind with the special teams spectrum, I mean, if he's saying that about this kid, I have to kind of be all in on him because I mean, I can only trust what he sees. You know, he has the eye for it, obviously. So if he thinks this kid's the closest thing to Devin Hester, I mean. I'm all in on that because yeah. give me give me prime Devin Hester any day. Yeah, he's got. Offense. I've watched I've watched a lot of video on him. He's got insane burst. I oh, mean, absolutely! The ball in his hands. Yeah. He's downhill. He's downhill yeah, yeah. immediately, and I really like his field vision. Um, I talked to Kent. Like I said, I've I've asked him about it, and you know his thoughts on him, and he he's he's excited about him. He was more excited about Juan Thornhill, obviously. Yeah, uh, as I am. That was, the, that was the, is. Yeah, that was the big one there. That kid's bad. I, I man. think if he plays to uh, the hype that everybody's giving him. Well, it, it feels it, like it might be the the skill of the draft. Yeah, because be yeah. I mean, I, I he was higher guys, up on most people's boards for sure. I don't know about you guys, but it felt like we got ourselves a first round pick in the second he's round. He's a day one starter. I guarantee yeah. you. I'm guaranteeing right now. I think he's going to start that's day, what, day one. That's why I liked him. What yeah. made him drop to the second round? Well, well, like, what do you think made him drop to the second? Well, round? Well, the, the thing they said is that he has a problem recovering. Uh, okay. So, like, let's say if he gets burned on a route, he has a hard time getting back. Now, so that's kind of like, uh, uh, well, fuck, I forgot it. Marcus Peters. 
Once he once once they burn him, he gives Mar- up. Marcus, the thing about Marcus though is, first of all, he was just a straight corner. <laughs> he was and, a risk and he risk taker. Yeah, I know, he just took I know, tons I know. But I'm saying, like, kind of like the same thing though, because once he got burnt, he he just stopped. He he wouldn't even. That's that's teachable though. Yeah. See, yeah. That's, yeah. that's something you can teach. You that's can you can break that. That's something that film will you know. And yeah. I, I think with Spagnolo, I think he obviously will get yeah. him to say, hey, look. We like that you're jumping, you know, going for the ball, things like that. Yeah. I like that you're trying to jump routes. I like the ball hawks, man. Yes. Give me the ball that's hawks. That's what I like. Those the are the guys that change the game. I can I can deal with you getting burnt here and there. Yeah. I know it sucks. Six interceptions it, last year. Right. So, but if you can make up and get a pick six, that, the, it doesn't matter. It yeah. really doesn't matter. Well, so. and, and that's the thing is this defense with the front seven that they have, which I do think is going to be an elite front right. seven. I'm going to come out and say the it. I, I think they real. will be an elite front seven. Yep. You got to have guys out there in the back and, the, and down the field. They're going to be able to turn that ball over because you're going to have dudes be sending sending that pressure on the quarterback. So that yeah. means a lot of times that field will be open at certain spots. Yeah. So you got to have those guys that are going to cover the field. That's why I think Tyron Matthew and Thornhill are going to work together so Fuck well. Yeah. Just, so that just sounds so exciting. It does, man. It pumps me up. It's so time. weird to be excited about our defense. Yeah. And once we trade for Patrick Peterson or Xavier Rose, it's going to be even better. You well, know, that's so. the thing is that I was, I was uh, <laughs> reading, I was reading actually some people that I trust on Twitter. They were, we're going to make about another move. Xavier Rhodes is actually more of a realistic possibility. Cause I think the, yeah. the Vikings are trying to cut weight. Right. Yeah, because they don't have cap space to. And I, and I heard, yeah, dude, he's cheap too. I'm talking signed their rookies with, uh, with right. that cap. But they're talking about they're, they're talking about using they're, know, they're talking sure. about using a, a third or fourth round pick to get him. Which if you can get Xavier Rhodes, give me that all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me that where, all day. Where long. do I sign? He's a legitimate <laughs> lockdown corner. I mean, I know he's had his flaws, and you know he's been burnt. We've he, seen he wasn't him, very good last year. I understand that, but that de- defense really was underwhelming last year for what talent they have on that team. Yeah. So the whole team as a whole really was underwhelming but so that's our thoughts on the draft right now guys like i said I, i'm gonna i don't know what your guys letter grade is but i'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a, a b minus right now i think it is uh some good highlights but there's a lot that we don't know about these guys a lot of uncertainties and we don't know who will be starting who will be making a media impact other than in my opinion in my strong opinion uh juan thornhill Trevor, who, what, would, what letter grade would you give it I, i'd say a b okay i think with all the drama and all the crap that's been going on around this team for them to keep a level head, and I think they drafted, you know, decently well at each position that we needed, and added another guy, um, you know, Colin to our, you know, depth of our defensive line. I think we're so low to defensive line now, which was one of our biggest weaknesses last year. So flipping last year on its head, being deep at the are one of our weakest spots. I'm, I'm cool with it, man. And I think, you know, overall, yeah, I'd say it's a B. I'm good with it. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the B as well. Uh, it, to me, it was a it was a good draft for the Chiefs. Uh, for them not to have a first round and kind of like get the picks that they actually got, well, I, it, it was it was decent enough to where you're like, okay, you know, they might make some impact next year. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, when we get back, we're going to have our guys, uh, Clay Windler from Red Tribe Cinema and uh, Shaggy Shane Williams from the Shaggy Shane Show on YouTube. Uh, they're going to be here together for the first time ever on the Spoken Podcast. So uh, fasten your seatbelts because I think this is going to be a lot of fun. We got a lot to talk about when it comes to Tyreek Hill. When it comes to Chris Jones' uh, contract, Jamal, Charles, and DJ, Derek Johnson being uh, uh, retired in the Chiefs Hall of Fame, there's plenty more to talk about. And I think that this is going to be a really good show. Like I said, we're going to get into depth on, on to what these guys' opinions are on these matters. And I have an interesting angle that I want to I want to touch on when it comes to Jamal, Charles, and Derek Johnson being retired in the Chiefs Hall of Fame this week. We'll get back to that after this. Located in the historic Westport District, Modern Man Supply Company is your Kansas City's new home for men's retail. From apparel to pomade and home goods to beard care, they offer a wide range of men's products from independent companies from around the world. Follow them at Modern Man Supply Company on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Commandeer is Kansas City's alternative apparel brand. 
They make unique Kansas City-themed clothing and accessories with a countercultural appeal. Find them online at CommandeerBrand.com or follow them at CommandeerBrand on Instagram or Facebook. This is the Spoken Podcast here for segment number two. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here in the Casey Beard Co. Studios with my guy, Trevor Twidwell. What's up, everybody? Eddie Ortiz. And we have a very, very special situation here, guys, tonight. Like we told you about in the last couple of days, we're really excited because we got to throw this together all really quickly. And I'm so glad to have my three Chiefs Migos. The three Chiefs Migos are in the studio All-star together. Cast. Shaggy Shane Williams and Clay Winlow. Let's give it up for them real quick, guys. Here we go. Here we go. That's right. Woo! All right, Shane. So what's up, buddy? What's going on Ladies with you? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Kansas City Chiefs, freaks worldwide of all ages. Welcome to the Shaggy Shane Show. Last week... On the Shaggy Shane Show, we were discussing a plethora of things. We evaluated the second and third round draft pick. You were with me in Shaggy's draft corner. We took Tyreek Hill and we threw him out the window. Well, certain scenarios and certain situations took place yesterday that you know that we're going to discuss in a plethora of situations. Ladies and gentlemen, the first time I sat down here in the KC Beard Company Studios doing the Spoken Podcast with my brother Lance Twidwell. It was seven weeks ago tonight, two hours before the show, the news broke of the Tyreek Hill situation. We sat here amongst ourselves trying to dissect this information that we were gathering. What's going on? What's going to happen here? What's going to happen now? Oh my God, what's going to go? Nothing happened for five weeks and five days. Nine days ago, the, the district attorney said, you know, we feel something happened, but we're not going to press charges. The very next day, the first day, the NFL draft, the audio tape came out. Oh, my God. A total shitstorm. It's not looking good. The Kansas City Chiefs didn't talk, didn't talk about it until after their selection in the second round, which they took what we thought and what we could still be McCall Hardman, a wide receiver, to be the heir apparent to what we think could be and possibly still could should be, and to some, the replacement of Tyree Kill. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we got the news yesterday that was a scenario where it paints a picture that we believe, even if Tyree Kill is suspended for the first four games, this is all hypothetical, that he could still be the wide receiver or he still can be with the Chiefs in the 2019 season. Uh, there's a lot of things that we need to discuss. There's a lot of things. Uh, to digest, you know, on the surface, what did you take away, Lance? I want to introduce Trevor and my homeboy, Clay Windler. What's up? Uh, what did you take away from yesterday's news, Lance? Well, it, this is the way I look at it now. It's, it's, it's to the point where I've been on one side of the spectrum. I've been on the other side of the spectrum. And I'm, quite honestly, I'm fatigued as a fan, as a human being, because just last week on our podcast, Eddie and Trevor and myself uh, expressed with uh, all sincerity just how much it hurts us to know that Regardless of who hurt a child, a child was hurt. And I felt at that time, because of the way that the stories have all been coming together and developing at its own pace, and how it, like I said, it's been on one side of the spectrum. I at that at that particular time, I was a I was of the belief that Tyreek Hill had been abusing his son. And so I was the one that came out and said, I want him off my team. I do not want him on this team, even though I was the one that said that I want the facts to come out. I thought enough facts came out. I was a little premature with that because now as we sit here a week later we're hearing a lot different stories than what we were actually being told at that time. Now, you can blame the media. You can blame anybody that's a news source. The fact is that I think we live in a very knee-jerk reaction culture, and I think that I jumped the gun a little bit. And I'm not too proud to say that. I think that that's what I've done. I'll definitely hold that L, if you will. 
Um, but the thing about it is, is I think that no matter what has taken place in this, I, my reaction was, I just want this over with. I want a resolution. I want a result. I want to know, is he going to be on this team or not? And more importantly, is the child going to be in a good, safe home? That's what I want to know. Is he going to be in a family situation where he is safe and he does not have to worry about any type of abuse ever again in his life? He's only three years old. That's the thing we have to remember in this very situation. So it's ugly altogether. I don't know what is to come. I'm sick and tired of trying to develop my opinion on half-assed truths and, and partial news and lazy news, quite frankly. The Kansas City Star came out and literally shit the bed with that article today. Yeah. And Clay sent that to me earlier today, and he was upset with it. I'm not going to – you can speak for yourself. My point is I'm sick of the way that the media is handling this. I'm sick of the way that a lot of us are – handling our emotions in it because I think we're getting too attached to, to certain snippets of this, of the, of the news at the time. And I'm just ready for a resolution. I'm ready for a, a, a result. Yes. As we continue, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Shaggy Shane show with the spoken. It's a combined show. It's, it's a, it's two shows in one. It's one show in two. It's like that episode in the late seventies of the bionic man and the $6 million man. They just kind of combined together. Yeah. I know uh, me and your dad might be able to relate to that when you're <laughs> seven years this old. It feels like a hostile takeover. <laughs> it is a hostile takeover. We got Trevor Twidwell, Clay Windler, uh, Trevor, I want to get your opinion. What uh, do you think about this recent, the recent ups and downs the last yeah. seven weeks? I don't have much. I pretty much want to mimic what he said. Um, I don't have much of an opinion anymore. I just am so emotionally drained. Um, I just want some answers, man. I want to know what exactly is going on. So right now I don't have too much of an opinion anymore because we, me and him emotionally let it out, I think, when we had what we thought was the answer or was going to be the case. Um, but – I don't know, man. Like right now, I'm just kind of at a loss. I kind of just like feel like there's pieces that we're missing still, and we have a lot to figure out and a lot to to find out. Um, but yeah, right now, I just don't have much to say towards it because I don't know. I'm still left in the dark. We're all left in the dark on a lot of it still. So uh, yeah, man. I just hope the kid's okay. I hope everything's good with him, his future. Hopefully, everything is getting sorted out for his sake. Um, and you know, Tyreek is is guilty. If she's guilty, if they're both guilty, they have everything coming to them so i really just don't want to put too much emotion into it anymore because i already put a lot into it so let's just kind of hold out faith and see if everything comes out right and uh that's kind of where i'm at right now so clay winter the last seven weeks it's been seven weeks ago today you've been on this ups and downs with us what's your take on this situation and how do you feel moving forward with tyree kill as a member of the kansas city chiefs well the emotion that i've really felt now for you know a week and a half I've kind of been mad at everybody. When this all started, I was yeah. I was mad at Tyreek Hill. I felt like Tyreek Hill had betrayed the trust of the Chiefs. I felt like he had let down a lot of people uh, who were – he had built a large fan base, uh, no doubt, in Kansas City. He had a lot of fans. And I, I felt he had just ruined all of that. And not only that for himself, but – but for the Chiefs and their chances this year, and and you know obviously potentially he had uh, he had hurt an innocent kid too, uh, so I, I was mad, and then the 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 uh, the stuff from the lawyers came out yesterday, and I was mad all over again. Not at Tyreek because I really felt the evidence. And and how they presented it as being as being uh, it was it was digitally analyzed. The forensics team uh, ha had uh, basically approved those texts and said they were they were 100% ironclad. 
So when that when that came out, I uh, I felt mad again, but I was mad at uh, the media, not just the Kansas City media, but certainly I think they share a large portion of the blame for how people have perceived this. But the national media too, Pro Football Talk, uh, I I felt like uh, the perception of what had happened had been completely slanted. Uh, to where the media had served as judge, jury, and executioner for Tyreek Hill. And clearly, based on what his lawyers presented, that was not the case. Uh, and today, when the Kansas City Star essentially doubled down on everything they had said and didn't come out with any news, but right. came out with a piece from the quote-unquote Star Editorial Board, uh which I've never read that author before. Right. I don't know if you guys have, but uh, basically they, they uh, to me, it was, it was like a character assassination of Tyree kill and they were not going to back down on what they had published before, despite the evidence that had come out and to not even put their name on that struck me as cowardly. And it just stinks of a lot of yellow journalism to me. Mm. Uh, so, you know, I was mad last week. I'm mad today. Uh, I, I, to me, it feels like this is shifting in Tyreek Hill's favor, certainly just based on the evidence. And I did hear some things tonight that, that reinforce that belief that I really can't go into details, but I understand, but, uh, <clears throat> but like you guys with, with, the way this has jerked us all around, I'm I'm certainly ready for it to be over. Yeah, great uh, point. I, I think you definitely speak well for all of us on that. You know, there's certain situations, you know, and I want to talk hypotheticals here. Uh, it's about something that we've talked about going back to last October. You know, let's let's paint. Let's this again. This is hypothetical. Let's say the Tyreek Hill situation plays out, and we find out by the end of the month that Tyreek Hill will only get a four game suspension. I know we only got a few minutes to cover this, but I want to get your all opinion on this as fast as possible. You know, going back to October, you know, when I was talking to Pat Mahomes Sr. at Arrowwood Stadium, I brought up the situation of trading for one Adrian Peterson. You know, on the free agent freakout frenzy that we had last month on the Shaggy Shane show, we talked about the possibility of trading draft pick for Patrick Peterson. If the scenario works out where, Pat, where Tyreek Hill is only suspended four games, Patrick Peterson wants out of Arizona. Tyreek Hill would have a chance to redeem himself. Follow me here. By going to Arizona in a trade for Patrick Peterson, Tyreek Hill could redeem himself, start his career all over, have a, a healthy background, uh, you know, to start over. He would work wonders in Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury's offense and expedite the growth growing process of Kyler Murray. Patrick Peterson wants out of Arizona. We've known that for a couple of weeks now. What do you think of trading a trade? This is all hypothetical. This is a dream scenario. We've been dreaming about Patrick Peterson since last fall yeah and we've talked on it in many shows on, on my show the mm -hmm. spoken what would you think would you be for a, a patrick peterson trade to kansas city for tyree kill if, if we're talking straight up i wouldn't be uh i would i would definitely want arizona to sweeten that pot a little bit because as much as i love patrick peterson tyree kill is a much better football player at this point in time of his career i love patrick peterson for this team and i do believe the chiefs really want him too from everything i've also heard but here's the thing we have to understand that tyree kills value in the NFL, not just for the Chiefs in the, in the NFL. He and what we talked about before the show even started tonight, he could arguably be the best offensive player in the NFL that is not a quarterback. Right. 
not to mention he's 25 years old, just turned 25, and is making around 20000 in cap hits this year. Like, he's so affordable and so incredible that even – I agree with the redemption side of things, but the, 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 the Cardinals would have to give me a little bit more than just Patrick Peterson as a swap because Patrick Peterson is going to be four years older than Tyreek Hill as well, and he plays a more, I think, in my opinion, at with this team and the value that Tyreek Hill has, plays a actually more – uh, of a replaceable position, too, for this team. Even the fact that the cornerback position is a need at the Chiefs. Well, and I think, too, I, I'm looking at it from Patrick Mahomes' standpoint. I want to if, – if Tyreek's in the clear and he faces a few games, I want – I'd rather have Tyreek on my offense with, with Patrick Mahomes before we pay him that much money. Because it's looking like Tyreek Hill's probably going to be gone. I mean, we might franchise tag him next year because we have him on pennies right now. Um, if we franchise tag him next year, we have him for that extra season – but I know, obviously, we're going to be paying Patrick Mahomes a ton of money. So I think I would rather have that game-breaking type of offensive prowess player with Patrick Mahomes to kind of keep him as – because, he. I mean, we saw it last year, like we talked about before. He was the guy he would go to when the play breaks down and he needs something to happen, like against yeah. Baltimore and plays like that. So, yeah, I mean, for me, it's – it's. I don't want to – straight up, I, I agree with you. Straight up, I think I'd want more than that just for, for Tyreek. Real quickly, yes or no, you make the trade, Clay. Uh, corners don't win Super Bowls and uh, game-breaking wide receivers do. That's so all no. I can say about that. All right, the rest of this show, where can my viewers find the rest of this show tonight? You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on Radio Republic, Anchor, and Spotify. Just look up the Spoken Podcast. You'll be ready to go subscribe and like. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Kansas City Chiefs, freaks worldwide of all ages, thank you for watching the show. After you're done watching the show, Grab your Spotify, you know, grab your phone. Come on, you're you're up to date. Hit Spotify, look for The Spoken. This is episode, I think, 12? This is 12, yes. Sir. Episode 12, and this situation, we're going to expand on a lot more. It will continue. Lance, thank you for letting Shaggy Shane invade your house and take over your podcast. Again, get on The Spoken Podcast. Get on Spotify right now and see the rest. Until then, next time, Shaggy Shane saying... And don't forget to check out the all-new Spoken YouTube channel. That's right. Thank you for that. Thank you. Indeed. Love you guys. Go Chiefs. Oh. Casey Hemp Company, your most trusted CBD provider in Kansas City, shipping nationwide. Ancient plant for a new age health. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Casey Hemp Co. Casey Hard Goods is the brainchild of local Kansas City degenerate Scott Reinerson. Born from a passion of old materials and custom designs, Specializing in reclaimed wood, burned art, and signs, and upcycled leather wallets and accessories. Follow Casey Hard Goods on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This is the Spoken Podcast for here's segment <clears throat> three. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here in the Casey Beard Co. Studios with my guys, Trevor Twidwell. What's up, everybody? Eddie Ortiz. And in the Modern Man Supply Company guest seats, we have two thirds of the three Chiefs Migos. Ooh. Shane just went in here and rocked it on his show. We had a little infusion. Uh, but I want to I want to congratulate or I want to thank uh, Shaggy Shane Williams and Red Tribe Cinema's uh, uh, brain. I guess the, the the brains behind Red Tribe Cinema, Clay Windler, creator of uh, Red Tribe Cinema, uh, the best I think the best content in the area for Chiefs coverage when Word. it comes to. Oh, well, I'm just you know I, obviously you you, uh, uh, you know you, the least I could do is give you a little bit of a of a you know some love back for producing like you do for us, man. So saying just saying, man. So I'm glad you guys are here. I really am. Uh, this is Thanks, awesome dude. to have both you guys here at the same exact time. Uh, usually we're here at, we're at Shane's house, you know, doing our breakdowns there. It's really nice to have both you guys here at my place in the Casey Birko studios. Thanks for making me welcome. No, absolutely, man. So we, uh, we obviously tackled the whole Tyreek Hill situation, uh, as much as we could, as eloquently as we could. 
Um, but I want to get onto something that I feel is in a weird way, kind of been under the radar. Uh, and it has to do with a very, very important player. And it's, uh, by the name of Chris Jones. Um, I don't think a lot of people have really paid attention to the fact that he still hasn't gotten his extension, which I think we all assume he will. Um, now most people can say, well, I'm not really talking about it cause I'm not really worried about it. Right. For me, it's, it, 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 I'm not really concerned about it. I want to get all your guys' thoughts on this for a second, but I want to know what your guys' thoughts are for him long-term because we had Kent Swanson on the show a couple weeks ago. And it was a very interesting conversation because it really wasn't a debate, but there were two different angles to this as far as, you know, whether the Chiefs really believe that Chris Jones is going to be a long-term guy or not because of the coaching staff they've brought in, mentioning the, uh, the coach they brought in from New England. Would Chris Jones fit in with his style? And for me, at first, I thought, man, there's no way in hell there'd be any problems at all. They're going to extend Chris Jones. It's you know, there's no concerns, no worries whatsoever. And I believe what's his name, Montgomery, if I'm not mistaken, the the coach they brought from New England. I forget his name, but oh yeah, yeah. So that that was the that was the concern that Kent had brought up, and I never thought about it honestly until that very moment because he's kind of a no BS kind of guy, and Chris Jones is a little bit more you know flamboyant with his personality, and he likes to get the crowd involved, which we think is fine as fans. But there are different coaching strategies that they that are out there that they want their guys to be a little bit closer to the vest. They don't want their emotions to be out there all the time. They want them to be a little bit more focused. From New England, it's the and, Patriots way. And as Shane has alluded yeah. before, uh, Chris Jones had a pretty bad AFC Championship game. So I want to get your thoughts on this, uh, uh, Shane. I want to start with you, and we'll go around the table. Uh, what is your thoughts on this? Is there anything that you're concerned about, and are you in any way against almost having Chris Jones here long term? No, I'm not against it, and I don't think there's really anything to worry about. I think Brett Veach is looking at all the intangibles. He's taking care of the salary cap. We've seen the situation before with Justin Houston. Granted, uh, John Dorsey waited a year too late. I think a deal with Chris Jones will be done by training camp. It makes too much sense. He is the heart and soul of this defense. I know Frank Clark got his deal, and everybody's going to look at the financial situation of the salary that Frank Clark just received. They're going to think, no, he's the heart and soul of the defense. I honestly believe Brett Veach will get a deal done with – with Chris Jones by training camp because it makes it makes too much sense. Granted, you brought up the AFC Championship game, and not enough people talk about what happened in the AFC Championship game with Chris Jones. With five and a half minutes left in that game, Chris Jones was gone. Chris Jones did not play in the fourth or fourth five minutes left in the game and overtime. What happened in overtime? Tom Brady had three third and ten completions. He didn't have to worry about Chris Jones. He was picking them apart. Granted, we're we put that long in the rearview mirror, but I feel a deal will get done because as I mentioned, he's the heart and soul of defense. And I think with Chris Jones and Frank Clark together, they're going to be a dynamic duo. I think it will keep the chiefs away from getting a Patrick Peterson, though we did dream about it in the first segment and because we've been dreaming about it the last 10 months, I think Frank Clark and Chris Jones will create a combination where you can have Chardarius Ward as the starting corner with, Kendall Fuller in the slot and Brashad Breland on the other outside. You know, we knew that Kendall Fuller was a monster slot, was the best slot corner in the NFL in the 2017 season with Washington when he had Brashad Breland on the other outside, which I think having, back to the point, I think having Frank Clark and Chris Jones manhandling that defensive imposition will make, it'll it'll give Spagnola the chance to feel comfortable having Chardarius Ward, who did show some promise in the last four games of the season but to answer your question in a nutshell i'm sorry i'm rambling <laughs> I, I like i believe a deal will get done with chris jones by training camp yeah i'm not too worried about it i think he's gonna get paid um i don't know i personally feel like there's another move that's gonna be made um and i think it kind of hinges on that i think we're kind of i think there's some things going on 
This is obviously speculation on my end, but I don't think I just from what we've seen from Beach, I don't have there's no doubt in my mind that he's working on something else right now. I think he's going to try to bring another corner in here, whether it's you know Patrick Peterson or Xavier Rhodes or somebody on that you know um, on that, of that elk. Um, I think he's going to get paid. I think there's we would be absolutely bananas out of our mind to let him walk out of this place and not lock him up for at least a few years and then maybe let him go after that. But to have him and Clark next to each other for at least a handful of years is just ideal, um, especially what we're going through on the offensive side. So to keep those guys together for our defense, maybe have our defense win us some games this year because of those guys, uh, those are pillar players. You want to keep those guys around. I'm all for um, signing him to a long-term deal. Um, like you said, he's barely 25 years old. So he'll only be 30 by the time that contract's up. So I'm, no doubt in my mind, he's staying around. Um, but I think there's some there's things going on behind the scenes. Obviously, the tire drama, but that has nothing to do with it. But he's going to get paid. I think we get what like another ten million once the uh, June tenth. I think is when Eric Berry's. Yeah, it'll be nine million roughly. A little right, over so nine. Million. They could be waiting on that too to sign someone else and then focus solely on Chris Jones. Who knows? I don't. I don't say I think he's getting paid. So that's my opinion. He's getting paid. We're just really other things in, in the mix. So yeah, that's me. Uh, to echo what Shane said about him him not being in at the end of the game against the Patriots, correct me if I'm wrong, but he has had some minor injury yeah. issues throughout his career. Two, he, he's a guy who he, he kind of he's been nicked up. Yeah. So between that and uh, the fact that when the, the Chiefs drafted, uh, what was the name of the, uh, the defensive tackle they drafted this year? Colin Sanders. Yes, uh, is it Sanders or Saunders? Saunders, 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 Sanders. Western Illinois, yeah. six foot, three hundred four uh, pounds. Freak he out. is yeah. he is a different style of uh, defensive tackle, obviously, than Chris Jones is. So that that actually makes me wonder if if that is the kind of player uh, that they would feel is a better fit in their defense. But to me, uh, if 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 they're reluctant at all about giving him big money. They and I mean he is under under contract for the season. Yeah, uh, they they might want to think about they might feel like it's a better idea to wait and see if he can play within the new scheme and if he can stay healthy. Yeah, right. uh, that that might be one thing that's that's uh, delaying it. On the surface, I think it's a very common sense move that they do sign him back and and, and from the market value that they're seeing on SpotTrack.com. Uh, he's going to make every bit of over $20 million a year. Yeah. Um, it could be, I mean, if you look at it, I mean, besides Aaron Donald, there is no one better at that Numbers position than Chris Jones right. in the NFL. Right. And, and Aaron Donald is going to be 28 this season, whereas Chris Jones isn't even 25 yet, like Trevor said. Um, so if this contract is up, more than likely as Brett Beach, his patterns with contracts, like with Tyron Matthew and Frank Clark, is the – the guaranteed money goes away pretty quickly. They front load those contracts. Uh, Frank Clark's guaranteed money is essentially gone by year three when he'll be 28. So if they want to get out of it before his prime's even up, they can do that. Or extend him again. So with Chris Jones, it's if you're looking at it from just the perspective of the last couple of years, yes, there's no question about it. you got to sign him. But like like uh, uh, Clay just alluded to, if that's if, if Colin San- Saunders is more of the style of, of defensive tackle they're looking at, I can entertain that thought a little bit more still because of the fact that there has been so much change in this defense. Now, like again... He is extremely talented, and for me, I am in full support of them extending him. I want him to be in this defense because I think he's going to be able to adjust to the style of defense that they have, but I can entertain the thought a lot more than if it was to be the same style of defense and they were keeping the same type of you know uh, players around him. But this defense is night and day difference just from a roster perspective. I, I feel like Chris Jones is one of those guys who can plug anywhere. 
Right. He's you can put him on the edge. I feel like he'll make he'll do damage. So I he's too much too good of an athlete. I think that that wouldn't fit into this scheme. That 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 doesn't make too much sense to me. I think I think they're gonna. He's a great locker room guy, high spirited guy. He's a pillar player, man. He's a guy you don't let walk in. If they do it. If they well, this Colin kid can be that guy. I don't know. Let's let's look at it like this though, because athletes. we say we say we wouldn't let him walk. Mm. I'm talking about more of like you know the, the Chiefs uh, entertaining trades, like the Frank Clark trade, right? That's what I'm looking more at, man. Because you know <laughs> the kind of value the Chiefs could get in return for a Chris Jones. Same value. Think about especially that. Especially after having the year he just had, for sure. He's never I, missed a game I in his career. The Devil's advocate side of it for sure. So I, here's a good scenario for you: Would you trade Chris Jones for Patrick Peterson? No, I wouldn't. In this defense, in this defense, I would entertain. We can't let Patrick Peterson go. (laughs) We're going to talk about Patrick Peterson with everybody because I think it's legitimate. I think there is a legitimacy to there is a legitimacy (laughs) to Patrick Peterson being in Kansas City. Even with if they were to even extend Chris Jones, they could technically pull that off. They could technically pull that off because we were under the assumption going into this offseason that. Tyreek Hill was going to get twenty million a year. So they had almost choose between Chris Jones and another Mm -hmm. big free agent afterward. So now we're sitting here going, okay, Tyreek is not getting paid. Yeah. So all that money, and Trevor brought up you know, Eric Berry's money coming off the books after June 1st, there is opportunity for the Chiefs to still say, hey, uh, Chris Jones, here's $20 million a year, 117 they overall, and Patrick Peterson, we're trading you and extending you three years for $45 million. They, do both. Yep. they can still do things like that. Yeah. My point is, if you're looking at trades, the Chiefs have to still keep the same mindset, and that is we're all in. So Patrick Peterson would definitely help this defense, but is it at the right cost? Is giving up Chris Jones for Patrick Peterson right. still showing your team that you're all in? Probably, but does it make your defense better? Right. I don't know if it does because right. the whole idea of having Frank Clark here was to team him up with Chris Jones. Yeah, you got Obviously, two, you got two guys that demand double teams. Yeah, because if you take away Chris Jones from this defense and just have Frank Clark as your Good ultimate luck. pass rusher, yeah. you don't have anybody else can get to the quarterback. Yep. That's the point. You want to keep a front seven as tough and nasty as possible. Letting go of Chris Jones would be the opposite of that. Right. I would love Patrick Peterson in this defense, but I'd love it more <laughs> if he was in here with Chris Jones still in it. So you could do both, go all in this year, make it happen, figure it out next year, man. Right. That's how I look at it. Because we're gonna pay Patrick or we're gonna pay Mahomes next year anyway. So go all in this year, figure it out next year, man. And something else I wanted to bring up to you guys um before this segment is over. Um obviously we heard the news that Jamal Charles uh signed a one-year con- a one-day contract with the Chiefs, is retiring with the Chiefs. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes and him did the little handoff. It was a really cool moment. I Heck loved yeah. it. I cried. It was a very emotional moment seeing them embrace each other. These two different generation talents from the Chiefs. What what I would have given to see these guys play man, together. Man. Um, and then DJ, we heard the news that he was actually Derek Johnson was going to be retiring. My favorite Chief of all time before Patrick um, is retiring as well with the Chiefs. Guys, I, this is obviously something that was going to happen. We all knew it because these are two of the most adored and, quite frankly, two of the best players in Chiefs history. Fans love them. They're universally adored, pretty much league wide. But I want to get a little angle on this for a second. I don't mean to be the wet blanket in the room here, but I want to get your guys' thoughts on this. I felt like the Chiefs, in a way, used Jamal Charles and Derek Johnson for PR morale boost, if Absolutely. you will. Because the Chiefs have had no, like We've sat here on the show numerous times and said, let's start talking about something that's going to uplift us a little bit. Because as exciting as last season was and how close we were to champ- you know a championship, we should be sitting here just – totally ecstatic about what's coming next. Instead, we've been talking about all these negative things naturally just because it's taken up all the, the headlines. So I think the Chiefs, and I'll give them credit because I probably would do the exact same thing. They said, you know what? We need to get two legends back here. We need to we need to re- retire both of them within a week's time of each other, and that's going to be the talking point for a little bit. 
at least for a little bit. I want to get your guys' guys. thoughts. Clay, I want to start with you. What's your thoughts on that, man? I see your point. Uh, And, you know, you you said you might be tempted to do the same thing. But I would say, first thing I would say is why not? Because whatever is going on with the the Tyreek situation, it is no fault of the Kansas City Chiefs. They they didn't cause it. Right. So I, I think if... If they are mo- if they were motivated to to bring back Charles and DJ and and, and have have fun with this, <laughs> I, I don't fault them whatsoever. And you know, the other thing I I just like to say about this is, uh, it was really really cool uh, watching Charles and Mahomes interact. You could tell how badly Jamal Charles yeah. wished Man. that his 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 legs would work like they did five years ago. That was that was that was so cool to see and. Yeah. You know, all, all this stuff happened with the Broncos, and Charles said some things that he probably would take back, and he got he got bad mouthed a little bit. But, That's a competitor, but you know, not the most uh, well spoken guy. You know, I, I posted this video from uh, it was it was 2014, the Seahawks game, right? And people were reacting to like that, like it happened yesterday, which was just it was that was really cool to see. So, uh, if, if if the Chiefs. Uh, Wanted to do that for for uh, for less than than 100 pure motives, then fine, because because I think we all we all really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, I, obviously, to me, that's obviously what I what I saw it as, um, as a from the PR standpoint, not only for the fans, for the locker room, man. You know, for Patrick Mahomes. Because he's probably he doesn't know everything that's probably going on. Stole a lot of things up in the air. He might lose his most deadliest weapon that he has in the offense. Who knows? So I mean, for them to do that, yeah, for him to have a good conversation and talk about how Jamal Charles was his guy when he was watching him in Texas, that's good just for the morale of the the community and the locker room. You know, we got you got new guys coming in here. We don't need that hanging over their head with this whole Tyreek situation. So yeah, I mean, it was the right move to do those things. If that's was what they did for PR reasons um, or for morale reasons, or just keep the mood right um, or change the direction of everyone's attention. Yeah. I mean, that's the right thing to do. I would, like you said, I would do it too. Um, Yeah. That's where I'm at. I think it was a good move. It needed to be done. I don't know who's the person that thought about doing it, but it was a feel good moment. You know, we, you know, Clay made the awesome video of Red Tribe Cinema that I asked him to make and I had to watch it. I probably watched it like 17 times in a row. (laughs) that's it that's why i mean i mean it was why the three chiefs migos works heck yeah i would never have thought to uh do anything like that and you know you come up with it out of the blue and everybody loved it it was so perfect jamal i mean patrick Mahomes slowly gets the handoff and turns and you picked the perfect audio dude because it was like wide open to the right and it was (laughs) wide open it was good but i i really liked i think a dream yeah, I think Arrowhead, and they are for the most part. Arrowhead is doing things right. They have a the draft open to the the public. Well, the Saturday you can meet the first, second, third round draft picks, and they showed up. So Arrowhead, they're doing it right. Right. Yeah, I liked and, it too. And the other thing about that is, you know, wasn't so long ago that the Chiefs had were under the the influence of a different regime that completely. <laughs> And I mean completely shut out former players. Yep. Right. And I don't think anybody wants to go back to that. So. No, right. But I know it. We know. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I think it's refreshing for Chiefs fans because we're sitting here talking about it right now, how, how nice it was to see, you know, the, the former guys, you know, coming out there and enjoying a moment with these dudes that are leading us, you know, into the future. 
it's great to see that. And I, and, and I don't want to just, you know, give it all credit to Patrick Mahomes, but I think he also plays a significant role in this too, because having such a great player like him and having quite frankly, such a great guy. I mean, that, that also helps makes it easier for the chiefs to have these types of situations because the chiefs fans love him so much that when they bring these old guys back, like, Oh, this is so cool. What, what could have been, that's what we talk about. What could have been, you know, and that's, that's the thing I'm always going to think about is man, what could have been if Jamal and, Patty could have been on the same team, and Trevor actually said something pretty funny this week where he said, well, they, they handed the ball off for Jamal. When uh, DJ signs his one-day con- one contract, they're going to let him sack Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> We're going to get a slow-motion sack. <laughs> yeah, I'm still waiting for the video of that. What's Are they going to call on? it forward motion? That's what I want to know. They're going to call it forward motion like they did for Mariota? That's yeah. all I want to know. But, um, guys, I, I really, again, um, Chiefs Migos, this is, this is so great to have you guys here at the same time. Shane. I know you got an insanely busy schedule and, and Tracy and the girls, you know, I know you guys are very close family and I'm so glad that you've allowed me to come into your home and be close to you guys and do these videos with you over the years. You've been one of my biggest supporters from day one. And I mean, literally day one, Thanks, uh, Clay, you've, you've brought me into your world, man, this incredibly chaotic world that I love. It's like poetry in motion, uh, red tribe cinema. I've enjoyed it. World. I've enjoyed it for years, even before I knew you. And I'm glad to have you in my living room right now, man, talking about this stuff, talking about the chiefs, uh, with you guys. So go ahead, Clay. What do you got, man? You know, if you're going to just lavish on me like this, <laughs> before I met you, well, first of all, I've known Shane for a long time, but without a doubt, no offense, Lance, but Shane is by far my number one fan. <laughs> There's no question. The Thanks, support dude. that he gives me is incredible. Uh, and and But having both you guys contribute to the things I do makes it so much better because knowing you two and and bouncing stuff off of you and both of you giving me ideas that I I would never come up with. <laughs> yes. Like, see, see, I just, like dropping I just, the mic. I just, he literally dropped, dropped the, the mic. He literally dropped the mic. Dropped the mic. Moment. Which shows you just how badly I need you to. So, so that's why this. Like I said, it's we, chaos. We work it's chaos. so well together. Yes, absolutely, man. Well, hey, I, yeah, man. I appreciate the kind words, buddy. You number know. one Mahomie over here with my guy Shane, Shaggy Shane Williams. Definitely follow him on YouTube, on Facebook. I don't even know if you can accept friend requests anymore. You probably got so many, no. but uh, and Red Tribe Cinema, go to Red Tribe Cinema yep. uh, the, for the best content, guys. The best videos out there. I'm telling you, I mean, I'm lucky enough to be a part of it now. But for years, Clay has been putting hard work and, and diligence into this, and I'm so glad to have because it could have been any fan base that you could have landed in. You know what I mean? And you ended up being here with us, and so I'm really grateful for both you guys to help me stay inspired because there are times, man, where. Throughout these years, like the Alex Smith era, for instance, it was just so tough to sometimes chug along. But you guys helped me through it, and I appreciate it. Well, so. listen, we got we got Mahomes playing baseball with his dad, <laughs> and I guarantee you, you're not going to see that anywhere else. Me so get your ass to Arrowhead. <laughs> Throw it or, deep, son. That's right. <laughs> so that's it, guys. Thank you so much for uh, for having the two thirds of the Chiefs Migos here, Shaggy Shane Williams, rock. Clay Clay Winder from Red Tribe Cinema. When we get back, uh, we got filling the cracks with Eddie Ortiz, and of course. We're bringing back Hold This L. We'll be back to that after this. See ya. Midcoast Modern is a Kansas City focus on modern handmade and small brands. A resource for design-centric home goods, apparel, jewelry, artwork, and limited edition gifts. We support makers, artists from the Midcoast and bring in goods from makers, artists around the U.S. to offer a unique selection. Wasteland Society. An apparel brand inspired by the underground, the weird, the youth, post-punk, 80s and 90s pop culture, and the idea of living life on the opposite end of the spectrum to the fullest. 
hand printed in Kansas City using an eco-friendly printing process on sweatshop-free garments that are ethically made in the USA. Find them. We are Wasteland Society on Instagram. This is the Spoken Podcast for Segment 4. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here in the KC Beard Co. Studios with my guys, Eddie Ortiz, yo, yo, yo. Trevor Twidwell. What up? And we're going to have Clay Windler come back on because he's got to drop an L. I mean, every time he's here, we got to keep the tradition. So we're going to have Clay come back on in a minute and uh, give us the L of the week. Um, but, Eddie, let's get right into it, man. Give All us some right. information. Give us some insight because I know there were some juicy details that came out specifically in the soccer world. I know that. So go ahead and drop some lines for us, All brother. Right, Fill in man. the cracks. Uh, Let's let's kick it off with uh, Canelo versus Daniel Jacobs this weekend. Oh, uh, shit. It's, a, it's a big fight coming up. I mean, you're, you're talking Canelo versus uh, pretty much a nobody that uh, I mean that nobody really knows about. Uh, they're both coming into this fight at 160, 160 I believe, and uh, it it's it just uh, I think they're fighting for. Uh, the three belts that Canelo has, if, if I'm not mistaken, uh, who will take the victory? I mean, that's that's pretty easy and simple for me. I just think there's no there's no chance for Jacobs to even do any kind of damage to Canelo. Mm. I don't think there's a boxer as of right now that can give Canelo that fight, that that competition that he's really looking for. I think Triple G I was going to say Triple G was was a really good challenger, but he is much older. He is what 36, 37. So obviously he's uh Canelo was going to have the advantage because he's only 28, 29. So I just I just think Jacobs is it's not he's not to that level just yet. Uh will he ever be to that level? I don't know, who knows. But yeah, so people uh, stay put. Uh, that's going to be a good fight this weekend. It's going to be tomorrow night on DAZN kind of network. Uh, it's a it's a network or an app that Canelo signed like mm. uh, eleven fight deal for like three hundred and something million dollars. I've seen that. Yeah, and this app, I think you you can uh, get like a a monthly subscription for like five dollars or something, something like that. Can't remember. Mm. So we'll we'll see how that pays out. And then another another topic I want to talk about is Champions League. Champions League that happened uh Tuesday and Wednesday. Now those those were some great matches. Uh we had uh, Tottenham against Ajax. I honestly didn't think Ajax was gonna come out there to uh London and you know show them what, what they did to Tottenham, beating them one zero at their own home. Uh now they gotta go back to uh the Netherlands and in front of their people, so it, it's going to be tough for Tottenham. Will they pull out? Uh, tough to say, man. Ajax is that it's that team that it's like kind of like the underdog of all of of the remaining four. Um, not a lot of people had hope for them, but what they showed against Tottenham that just made a lot of people be like, okay, they they are for real. They are the team to beat as of right now. They not only eliminated Real Madrid, but I mean Real Madrid. Without Ronaldo, it's not Real Madrid. Yeah. Then they went and uh, eliminated Ronaldo with Juventus, <laughs> which I think is kind of funny. But uh, now they are about to eliminate one of the favorites to actually win the tournament. So I'm in, I, I'm in a little shocking uh, with uh, with that. And then on the other game, we had Barcelona against Liverpool, which 
we all thought this this game was going to be so so much closer than what we actually saw on Wednesday. Uh, we saw Messi come out there and you know just school some some uh, some players. Man, it 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 really raises the question of who is the better player, Ronaldo or Messi? Uh, and I, I know you guys saw saw the free kick that Messi uh, that bend was scored. insane. Oh dude. my god! Yeah, so oh my god! Another day at the office, and, and I mean. That was not a. That's that's not. That's not a. <laughs> this one was brought to you by T-Mobile, huh? <laughs> I didn't know we had. I didn't know we had the endorsement yet, Eddie. Thanks for that. Hey, you're welcome. You know, I gotta bring new people. The phone wanna let that's you know. That's an automatic. Yeah. That's an automatic two piece. Every time someone's yeah. phone goes off, just be prepared, Eddie. There's, there's, an, early, there's an early L right Eddie there. Eddie is already questionable for next week. <laughs> yes. Son of a bitch. So okay, just to finish it up, uh, will Barcelona? Defeat Liverpool, yes, it is a three-zero advantage for the second leg. Uh, there, there's just no coming back. So, yeah. Liverpool, yeah, see ya. Well, that's actually pretty good. Thank you so much for that, Eddie. I really appreciate you uh, updating us on that. I, I'm pretty excited about the Canelo fight. I think he's actually going to whoop some ass. But um, moving on, guys, let's get to our favorite segment. Which one is it called again, guys? Hold this L. It's time. I want you to do me a favor and hold this L. Somebody's got to hold that L. <laughs> the him, the her. I'm talking like caps lock L L L L L L L L Cool J style. Hold that L. <laughs> Good God, man! Hold this gigantic, <gasps> veiny, pulsating oh L. Man, you are one pathetic loser. You ignorant bastard. <laughs> oh, that was great. Oh, hold Sorry. this L. Hold This L, brought to you by Casey Beard Co. 100% organic ingredients, 100% organic ingredients, giving you everything you need to take care of your beard and skin on a daily basis. Visit CaseyBeardCo.com. Guys, hold this L. We did not get to do this last week. We didn't feel it was necessary. This week, it's definitely necessary. Absolutely. And we're so glad that we, Clay Windler decided to stick with us for one more segment. So we're going to start right with you, brother. Who is holding the L this week for one Clay Windler? Well, you know, it's time to hold this L, but first I'm going to hold hands with Trevor. There we go. We're, we're going to, we're going to hand <laughs> we'll this L. We'll tiptoe through the tulips together. Right. What, gonna, am hand, gonna, what am I seeing? What am I seeing here? We're going to grasp this L by both ends. And we're going to yes. We're going to hand it to KNBC. Absolutely. Because, man. Trevor, what did KNBC do this week? Well, supposedly, I mean, from what everyone knows, the news, um, Mahomes finally dug his feet in, put his roots down and uh, bought a multi-million dollar home in the KC area. Um, and of course, we're not used to having a superstar the size of Mahomes. Uh, he's probably the biggest thing to ever happen to the city um, as far as star power. And uh, the news stations couldn't control themselves to where they had to literally air the home address for Mahomes the day he was moving in. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know how you feel about it, man. It's absolutely embarrassing <laughs> to me. Um, it just shows the incompetence we have. Not the incompetence, but the just the the, the overwhelming evidence that we're not used to having this kind of star power in this city which it's organically fine if you think about it but at the same time it's a little bit disrespectful to the privacy of patrick mahomes you know to me it just shows the the desperation yeah that some people in the media will go to for for any kind of story uh you know it's it's uh it's it was it wasn't even may when that when that quote-unquote story right came out uh there's gonna be plenty of opportunity <laughs> 
to uh, get your get your sound bites, get your ratings from Patrick Mahomes content later this year. Uh, just just give it a rest and let 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 uh let Mahomes just chill in his new pad with his two dogs and and his ketchup and <laughs> well and his, it was his bad enough that I think his night whatever else he wants to do <laughs> right. Well, and Brittany too. Her, I was gonna say it was bad enough oh, yeah, that that Brittany, Brittany she had a tweet out. out. Yeah. She tweeted out that oh she said uh privacy, learn it people. Yeah, zero yeah. respect for people who don't understand that. You know, it's like we, that's embarrassing, man. We just got right. We just made him our own. Right. Please, please don't put him in any kind of harm's way. Well, in all this Tyreek stuff, we don't even know his address yeah. yet. You no, know, but <laughs> that's the same. They kept his 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 address <laughs> like, secret. All this listen, news. Listen, but Patrick Mahomes, day one. If there's one chief who has to have a flaming bag of poo <laughs> show up on their doorstep, it's not Patrick Mahomes. Right, let, right, right. Let it be somebody else. So yeah. KMBC, hold, hold this L, L for Clay and Trevor. Goodness, man. Eddie Ortiz, who's holding the L, man. Man, you know, I'm gonna have to give it to. Uh, the Giants organization again. Uh, I know we. <laughs> They're on our show like every week. It feels like, man. Rightfully weekly so. Hell, man. Rightfully so. With the new Browns, man. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Can't spell Gettleman without yeah, an L. Exactly. <laughs> I, I'm just gonna give him the L for drafting a quarterback that I don't think nobody had going in the first round or except the, the except the Manning brothers. I think nobody yeah. had him uh, getting picked up in the first scouts. four or five rounds. I can't remember. I mean, they passed up on on Haskins, Hoskins or uh, Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, Dwayne Haskins. Like, how? Well, even Stedham, Why? the guy that went to the Patriots, a lot of people had him graded over Daniel Jones too, and I think yes. they got him what the fifth round. In the fifth Honestly, round. Yeah. When I saw the Giants had drafted some quarterback named Dan Jones, I was like, "Is that a creative player from?" <laughs> well, it's not, it's not even the fact <laughs> like the that, default player. Exactly, you know, like, it's yeah. not even it's not even the fact that they drafted him. It's the fact that they drafted him that high. And then Gettleman wants to come out. They could have got him like a round or two later, literally. And I'm sure you heard Gettleman say, "Like (laughs) I knew that was that was several teams before after us, after us that were going to take him." Like, no, no, we all knew that. He said that it was kind of like the Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers situation. Oh boy, uh, the Eli. They could have got him later. Then the first thing that's the case. Thought about when I saw him was. Is that is that Dave Brown part two? <laughs> Y'all remember Dave Brown, right? Yeah, I do. The heir apparent. I saw a meme. Things. I saw a meme or something that was saying like he's the guy. He looks like the guy that would be playing Eli Manning in the in the movie of Eli Manning's life or something <laughs> like that. I was like, like, yeah, that was I've perfect. Seen, I've seen videos of, of uh, Giants fans <laughs> reacting to the to the pick, and and I mean, I oh yeah, my man. heart goes out to them. Their organization obviously does not care about them. the new Browns, man. And, All right, so the Giants. Go ahead and for like the 19th time on only 12 episodes. <laughs> hold these. Hold, hold this, this L. L. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to switch it up a little bit because we've been talking a lot of football, a lot of local stuff. I'm actually going to switch it up a little bit. Um, I was going to go with the the local media as well as you guys, but I felt like that might have already been taken, and what do you know it was. Um, I'm going to go towards the NBA, actually, because James Harden gets a lot of hype, and rightfully so because the guy is a phenomenal player and at times <sighs> looks like he could be the best scoring player that we've seen in a long time. The problem, though, is there's also there's another version of James Harden, and it comes out in the playoffs every single year. And although he is averaging 29 points a game right now in the playoffs, which you say, oh, that's really, really good. Well, he's averaging seven points less per game than he was in the regular season. And for me, when you set a standard, you have to uphold that. And so I know you're playing the Warriors right now, which is one of the best defensive teams. And it is, quite frankly, the best team in the NBA. But you're 30, you're shooting 38 percent from the field. And although he wasn't shooting ever impressive numbers, only 41% from the field during the regular season, 
it's just so comical to me how we'll hype up January James Harden when, you know, the playoffs are nowhere near to be there yet and he's out there dropping 55 and 15 assists. Great, great numbers. Awesome numbers. Super stoked to watch that because I think it's, we're watching a Hall of Surefire Hall of Fame player, yeah. one of the 10 greatest scorers of all time. But every goddamn time he goes to the playoffs, this happens. So, although I am a, I, I'm not a fan of James Harden's, honestly, I hate his game. I think he manipulates the referees. I think he plays a, a style that isn't going to last. I don't think as his, as he ages, it's going to work out for him in his favor. But I don't like what I what I don't like, and I'm tired of seeing the same movie over and over again. Is playoff James Harden until he can actually change his ways. I cannot put him up there with LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, guys like that who have proven themselves worthy in the most crucial moments in the brightest of lights and the biggest of stages. So, Mr. James Harden, Mr. Beard, love your beard, but you're going to have to go ahead and hold hold this L. And you didn't need State Farm to tell you that. So, guys, this is a great episode. Uh, Super awesome. Again, I cannot stress enough. Clay, thank you so much for being here tonight. Shane, he had had to get out of here. But thank you both so much for being here, for For what you guys do for this show. You produce it, man. You've put together all the audios for us. You uh, created our new YouTube channel, so definitely check us out on there. Um, and and follow Clay on Twitter at Clay Windler. Uh, get on Shaggy Shane's uh, YouTube channel. Go follow Red Tribe Cinema on Facebook. And uh, again, man, we're gonna have you guys on, especially as the football season draws closer and throughout the football season. So again, thank you for that. So uh, for Eddie Ortiz, for Trevor Twidwell, I am Lance Twidwell here in the Casey Beard Co. Studios. Finishing up episode 12 of the Spoken Podcast. Thank you so much for all that have listened to this point. Stick with us, guys, because it's only going to get better. At least we hope so. So on that, we out of this bitch. See ya. Later. We're going to get out of this bitch. Thank you so much for listening, guys. See ya. You are tuned into the Spoken. I might actually stick, I might actually stick around for a little bit.